Governor Ron DeSantis has officially signed into law the Parental Rights in Education Bill, which prohibits teachers from preaching transgenderism in kindergarten through third grade classrooms. The law is extremely popular among voters, more than 60% of whom support the law. But it's extremely unpopular among the degenerate perverts who rule over us. The Walt Disney Company, a corporation exclusively focused on entertaining children, is furious that five-year-olds won't be taught transgenderism in Florida schools. Disney told the Daily Wire that, quote, Florida's HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, should never have been passed and should never have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts. And we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. In other words, this $200 billion kids programming company is going to focus its vast resources on undermining parents and peddling transgenderism to kids. President Biden promised to take the full force of the federal government and devote it to undermining Florida parents, claiming that supposedly transgender first graders, quote, deserve to be affirmed in the sexual delusions planted in them by creepy teachers. And not to be outdone, Nancy Pelosi has claimed that, quote, this cruel legislation is an affront to our nation's cherished values and sends a harmful message to our children. But contrary to whatever Nancy Pelosi might think, convincing five-year-olds to chop off their genitals does not rank among our nation's cherished values. It never has. It does not now. And I certainly hope it never will. It's sick. It's downright demonic. And the vast majority of Americans know it. Unfortunately, the people who control almost all the power in this country support it. And the fight for parents' rights to protect their kids from these psychos is just getting started. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Kyle Ruggs, who says, the only thing that the Smiths relationship is not open for is jokes. That's not nice. That's not nice. It's true and it's harsh, but it's not nice. Okay. Do you know what is nice though? Fabric. Right now, go to meetfabric.com slash Knowles because you love your kids. I love my kids. I'm a man with one young son and another one on the way. And kids are wonderful and kids are expensive. With Fabric, protecting your family with term life insurance is not expensive. It's surprisingly affordable and you've got to do it. It is the responsible thing to do. You've got your kids. You want to make sure they're protected. God forbid something happens to you. Fabric was built specifically for parents to help you manage your family's financial future like a parenting pro, stress-free. Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than one dollar a day. Do it right now. Do not put it off. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply. It is so important to protect your family. Do it. You do it in just 10 minutes. Apply today at meetfabric.com slash Knowles. That's M-E-E-T fabric.com 
slash Knowles to start protecting your family today. Meetfabric.com slash Knowles. Fabric insurance agency policies issued by Vantus Life. Not available in New York and Montana. Price is subject to underwriting and health questions. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, best governor in America. He is handling the parental rights in education controversy as best as he possibly could. He's handling the sloganeering from the Democrats, the crazy don't say gay slogan that has nothing to do with the bill. He's handling the immense pressure from woke corporations, including Disney, including corporations that are really prominent in Florida. He's handling the pressure from the federal government exactly as he should. And, and what is his response? His response is stand firm, don't back down and tell your opponents to pound sand. We will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, Parents have a fundamental role in the education, health care, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. Not only is this the right thing to do because it is, it is a national scandal that these creeps are being allowed to indoctrinate five-year-olds in transgenderism. Not only is DeSantis doing the morally right thing, he's doing the politically smart thing. He's doing the only thing that will not destroy his political career. So often, the squishes believe, ah, gosh, I was standing firm on not not letting these creeps trans the kids, but then I got a call from the big corporation. Ah, uh, then I got, then I got a threat from the federal government. Uh, maybe I'll back down a little bit. You saw this with Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas. You saw this with Christy Nome in South Dakota, although she, she then flipped her opinion. Initially, she was going to let dudes compete with women in girls sports in college uh, because presumably because some corporate leaders called her. And then she realized that was destroying her political career. So then she's tried to reverse course. DeSantis is standing firm because it's the right thing to do. And in this case, at least the right thing to do is the politically smart thing to do. What the libs are telling us on this transing the kids issue is that it's not happening. It's not happening. The Florida don't say gay bill, which is really the parental rights and education bill, which really just says that you can't teach five to nine year olds about transgenderism and creepy sex stuff. They're saying it's not happening. It's not real. It's not, it's, it's addressing a problem that does not exist. Oh, okay, great. Well then, then what's the big deal? If, if it's addressing a problem that does not exist, then why are you so insistent that we repeal the bill? It's okay. It's not going to have any effect, right? Democrats? No, what the Democrats are saying is it's, a, it's addressing a problem that does not exist. And it's really good that it does exist. Uh, what? We're not transing the kids in kindergarten, and it's essential that we trans the kids in kindergarten. Which is it? They're speaking out of both sides of their mouths. Well, we, we've got the receipts. We know that this sort of thing is happening. There, there's a story out of the Austin Independent School District. So this is not, not just Florida. This is now in Texas. Texas. Texas is supposed to be a very conservative state. In the Austin Independent School District, a teacher has sent some internal messages that were obtained by one of our favorite Twitter accounts, Libs of TikTok, which reveal that she is preaching LGBTQIA, LMNOP stuff in the classroom and transgenderism specifically in the classroom. And that 20 of this teacher's 32 fourth grade students have come out to her as queer. 
Must be something in the water in Austin. Maybe Alex Jones is onto something. This is what the teacher says. Teacher was very upset that for one of the multiple gay pride celebrations in this public school, in this elementary school, they called it a wellness walk. And the teacher's complaining because that's not gay enough. So the teacher says, well, I understand that wellness walk is something that was previously in motion to promote health and fitness and is something we want to continue. It really takes away from the experience of celebrating pride to couple the two. The first pride was a riot. It's not, not enough to just welcome, love, and celebrate queer folks. And then this fourth grade teacher puts an X instead of a KS on folks because, well, this teacher knows a lot about radical sexual ideologies. The teacher does not know a lot about grammar. That's unfortunate. Probably explains our educational situation in America. Your allyship should always lead you to activism, speaking up and fighting for what's right, even when it feels uncomfortable. We can't choose in and out of our protest spaces. Okay. So saying that the gay pride parades taking place in the elementary school are not, they're not radical enough. So we need more explicitly sexual parades in the elementary school. And then here's the kicker. Out of the 32 students that I teach, 20 of them are LGBTQIA plus and have come out to me. I feel that we need to do better for them to affirm our students. We need to publicly announce what we had this morning was a pride parade. Our students are aware and paying attention. 20 out of 32 students are LGBTQIA. We're talking about eight and nine year olds. What are the odds? One, one, the first problem with this is that what this teacher is bragging about is that eight-year-olds have secrets with her. Secrets that they, they, maybe they don't tell their parents. Sexual secrets that they're regularly discussing with their creepy, degenerate pervert of a teacher. But then you have the statistical implausibility, let's call it, that 20 out of the 32 eight and nine-year-olds that this woman, I hope it's a woman, good it's even creepier if it's a man, that this individual is supposed to be teaching and instructing and leading, 20 out of 32 all have the same weird, extremely rare sexual condition. Isn't that a little strange? That, well, it's not strange when you realize that eight and nine-year-olds don't know anything and they just play pretend all the time, and they're extremely impressionable and full of delusion, and this teacher is obviously grooming them. This teacher is obviously implanting these crazy ideas in their heads. Just like, I remember, I remember in, I don't know, kindergarten or first grade, I learned what an archaeologist was, that we, we had a, a little lesson in the classroom about archaeologists, and then three quarters of the students decided they wanted to be archaeologists someday. <laughs> We because we oh I get what do you do you dig up dinosaur bones cool we're all going to be archaeologists that's what we are now that's our identity because we heard it because we're very impressionable and it was something novel and and the teacher seemed to suggest this was a cool thing the LGBTQIA ideology in this fourth grade classroom it's just it's just today's version of teachers describing what it is to be an archaeologist or anything else except the consequences of this are extraordinarily grave. Because the consequences of this, increasingly peddled by our left-wing establishment, is that we've got to put these little kids on hormone blockers. We've got to mutilate their bodies. We've got to permanently destroy their lives because of the sick sexual fantasies and perversions of these radical leftist teachers. But don't worry, it's not happening. We've got to get rid of, 
We've got to get rid of any bill to protect the kids from these creeps. So says Disney. So says our political establishment. We can't have that. What's happening to our country? Increasingly, it's, it's hard to tell even what our country is. You go to the grocery store, you buy meat. It says product of the USA. It's from El Salvador. Well, that's why you got to check out Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles right now. I love Good Ranchers. I eat it multiple times a week. You know, when I, when I was a kid, having steak was a, a special occasion kind of thing. It was, and we'd get, you know, we'd go down to the local market and get some steaks, but it was, because steak is very expensive. What Good Ranchers has done, which I think is just so phenomenal, is it's made it affordable such that you can have steak. It doesn't need to just be a once every couple of months treat. You can have steak regularly. You can have it, frankly, every week. Really high quality steak, prime steak, better than organic chicken too. I love their chicken. And you can have it regularly. You can lock in your price right now forever. It's already low prices. If you subscribe to the meat, you don't just get a one-off box. If you subscribe, you'll lock in your price forever for life. And on top of that, you get a $30 discount on prime steaks and better than organic chicken. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles to save on the quality that you've been looking for. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of the grocery store, sources everything from local farms, ships it to your door, use code Knowles and enjoy your box of 100% American meat and $30 in savings. Order now to combat inflation with Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. There is no sexual indoctrination going on in kindergartens and elementary schools and middle schools. That's not happening, right? It's not, except we know, we just heard the story about the fourth grade teacher in Austin, who's obviously grooming these poor students. Well, it's not just elementary schools, it's middle schools. There's a story out of a New Jersey middle school where the New Jersey middle school is forcing students to learn about transgender hormone therapy without parental notification. This is not in a health class. This is not in a sex education class. This is in social studies class. The New Jersey public taxpayer funded middle school is forcing these students to watch a video about a woman, a young woman who thinks that she's a man injecting herself with a bunch of hormones and testosterone to try to, in some slight way, better resemble a man. So I wrote a email and I just wanted to share it. Just showing people that you can like build up the courage to, you know, um, stand up for yourself in a way that, you know, this is what you want to do with your life. And I think we should be working just as hard to mentally accept ourselves for exactly who we are. Yeah, I think it's really important to be mentally sound and safe. And I really feel like I'm gonna have a better life and feel more comfortable in my life if I accept that I'm a trans man. The video is called 10 Years on Testosterone, details the transition of Adian Dowling through these hormone injections. They didn't notify the uh, parents. The video, the video says, you can build up the courage to stand up for yourself in a way that this is what you want to do with your life. That's what they're telling to what, 11 year olds, 12 year olds, 13 year olds. No parental notification because what the administrators and the political activists at this school are thinking is the parents won't like this. We know the parents don't like this stuff. 60% of voters in America support the parental rights and education bill in Florida, which they're calling don't say gay. The vast majority of voters and certainly the vast, vast majority of parents do not want 
teachers indoctrinating young kids, elementary, middle school kids, into the sexual ideology. And so the teachers say, well, if we, we want to do it anyway, we think it's really important. So we're just not going to tell the parents. We're not. And why do they want to do it? The reason they want to do it has long roots in left-wing political activism. It goes back to at least to the 1930s, to 1940s. There was a guy named Wilhelm Reich. I've mentioned him on the show before. He was this very creepy German sociologist type who had a theory that all the problems in the world from cancer to war to, to every issue on earth is due to a lack of orgasms. And so people need to have more sex with all sorts of people, maybe with themselves. They need to just have sex, sex, sex all the time. And that will solve the problems in the world. He created this bizarre pseudo-scientific device called the orgone accumulator. The orgones he believed were these sort of mystical sex energy molecules that, that powered the whole universe. And he had this orgone accumulator box that very intelligent, popular left-wing people purchased. J.D. Salinger, author of uh, Catcher in the Rye. The uh, uh, Norman Mailer. The, uh, all, all sorts of people were, uh, uh, Woody Allen actually made fun of this as the orgasmatron. B- Bernie Sanders wrote essays about this in the 1960s and 70s. I write about it in my book, Speechless. He, he wrote all of these essays about how we need to make younger and younger people more comfortable with their sexuality. He talked about little kids being comfortable with their sexuality because sex is, the one thing that Wilhelm Reich and all these creeps got right is sex is very powerful. It is really important to human nature. It, it drives a lot of our desires and our instincts. And so if you can shape sex in really impressionable people, you can more easily mold them. You can more easily control them. So they're doing it in elementary schools. They're doing it in middle schools. They're doing it in high schools. There is a high school in Massachusetts that is teaching transgenderism, the idea that men can become women magically or that men secretly are women, that, that is teaching that as fact. Now, you, one of the arguments you hear sometimes is, well, we shouldn't teach this stuff in elementary school, but we, it's okay to teach it in high school. Right? Actually, this is kind of the argument behind the Florida bill. The Florida bill says you can't teach this crap to kindergarten through third graders, but older students, they can be taught this. But of course, they shouldn't be taught this. The idea that a biology class is teaching that men can secretly be women is contrary to the most basic elements of biology. It's just a lie. The students who are in this class are receiving a really bad education that's filling their head with lies and delusions that can be personally destructive to them and also just leave them ignorant. Not even just ignorant, but it'll leave them being absolutely confident, knowing things that are simply not true. This is according to the new Boston Post. It uh, reports that Needham High School in Needham, Massachusetts is teaching kids uh, in biology class that humans who change their gender as though such a thing were possible uh, are no different than animals or plants who naturally alter their body composition for the survival of their species. Uh, According to the report, this biology class also requests that students not use gendered language. So don't refer to him and her. That would be very, very wrong. During the section on genetics in order to create an inclusive classroom. So you're saying that certain, for, for certain animals and certain organisms, really, for certain organisms, sex is a little more ambiguous. You've got asexual reproduction. You've got some examples of hermaphroditism in, in nature, and some can alter their sex to, to some degree. And they're saying, well, transgenderism is just like that. 
When a man lops off his genitals and pretends to be a woman because perverts filled his head with lies, that's just the same as some single-celled organism changing some aspect of its sexuality, right? Wrong. Of course, this is completely insane. And so it's, frankly, the, the issue with the Florida bill is not that it goes too far and you're not allowed to say gay or whatever nonsense the left is peddling. The problem with the Florida bill is it doesn't go nearly far enough. Third grade is not nearly far enough to protect people from the lies being peddled by these activists. And they are lies. They have to lie to make this thing stick. This is a story I've been meaning to get to it all week, but actually it fits quite now with what we're talking about. When William Thomas, the hulking dude who beat all the chicks at the NCAA swim and dive championship a couple of weeks ago, when he won, won, quote unquote, it, it became quite clear from the pictures of that event that he's a man. He's tall. He's heavy. He's got broad shoulders. He's got a big Adam's apple. He has other protrusions that were clear in his Borat jumpsuit. He hasn't changed a thing about his body. He's not. This is why part of me thinks he might be just a performance artist showing the absurdity of gender theory because he just clearly looks like a man. He hasn't changed his voice. The only thing he did was slightly grow his hair out and then he put a swim cap on so that didn't even matter. And the reporting from the establishment media couldn't bear that. It was too real. People would just see. They'd say, wait a second. I read in the newspaper, I heard on television that this man was a demure, delicate little woman. But actually, you look at him, he's obviously just a dude. He's towering over these girls. So what did NBC News do? When they had a choice between changing their reporting and changing the reality of the story itself, what do you think they chose? You know what they chose? They tried to change the reality. NBC News, the Today Show, got in a lot of trouble because they took an image of Will Thomas and totally airbrushed it out. So all of the features on Thomas that seemed masculine, on this is just his face, uh, his shoulders were even were kind of in the water, so it's really just the face. They just softened all of the features to make him look more like a woman. It was a really bad uh, airbrushing job. It was a really bad Photoshop job. Thankfully, thankfully, the editors at NBC are so incompetent that they couldn't do a good job at it. Let me tell you, if, if they had Daily Wire editors here, they would have, it, it would have been much more persuasive, okay? But they've only got incompetence over there at NBC, so it didn't work. You looked at it, you said, wait a second, that's not, why is it so, why is it so smooth? Why is the lighting like that? Oh, because when you look at the real photo, he's obviously a dude. So they have to lie. They have to lie every step of the way. They have to lie in their laws and regulations. They've got to lie in their corporate policies. They've got to lie in photographs, okay, because they are so dead set on manufacturing this delusion that we're all going to live in. This is, this is not a coincidence that we're dealing with this insane biological, anti-biological ideology at the same time that we're seeing a major technological revolution that confuses reality. We've got deep fakes. We've got very high-end video technology. We, we're now moving into virtual reality in the metaverse. And what the, the push is here for the left is to just reimagine reality. It goes all the way back to one of John F. Kennedy's favorite lines, which he stole from George Bernard Shaw, the socialist playwright, who put the words in the mouth of the serpent in the Garden of Eden, tempting Eve, who said, some people see things that are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? 
This line, which the left has used as a great inspiration for decades, this line comes from the mouth of the freaking devil. (laughs) This is the great temptation to live in fantasy, to reject the world that God has given us, to reject the real world as it actually is, and close our eyes and bury our heads in sand and just live in our own fantasies. That's something that little children do when they play pretend. Now it's the adults who are teaching the children, who are telling them that the pretend world is real life. And that's extraordinarily dangerous. We need, we need to hold on to something tangible in this world, especially as our money is becoming valueless, as, as we're living in all these, this, this virtual reality. If you want to grab on something that has always had value, I recommend you check out Birch Gold. Right now, stop what you're doing before inflation gets worse and text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to get all the info you need. Inflation is at 7% right now, okay? Thanks to Joe Biden's insane policies. That means that the paper money in your wallet is losing value fast. Russia's full-on invasion of Ukraine, not making things any better, actually worsening the market's decline. Today, an ounce of gold is worth $1,900. In the year 2000, do you know what it was worth? $300. What if you had invested in gold then? I've been saying for years and years now that you can buy gold from Birch Gold, that it is your hedge against inflation. These are the guys that I trust. Well, did you know there's another way to hedge against inflation? You can buy silver from Birch Gold. Silver and gold, silver and gold. Silver is also considered real money. Historically speaking, it's extremely undervalued right now. It's an industrial metal. It's in high demand for everything from electric cars to solar panels to everything. Demand is only going to rise Protect your savings today. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to get a free info kit on buying gold or silver in a tax-sheltered account. There's no obligation to get this info. You just, you get the info. You text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Get your free info kit now. On this topic of transgenderism, a little bit of a hobby horse around here at the Daily Wire because it's so outrageous, you may have noticed our pal Matt Walsh announces his newest film, What is a Woman? Can't say much about it, but I can announce his newest venture as a best-selling author, and that would be his book called, you guessed it, What is a Woman? It's now available for pre-order at whatiswoman.com, also on Amazon, where it just hit number eight on the bestseller charts in the... Wi- <laughs> it hit number eight in the women's studies category. <laughs> so uh, head on over there, pre-order the book. Uh, Matt has been chasing this question for over a year Uh, It's extremely important to him to show the world how easy this question should be. You can help him find an answer when you pre-order the book, What is a Woman at whatisawoman.com or on Amazon. We'll be right back with a lot more. Speaking of shaving men's faces, NBC News digitally shaved Will Thomas's face at the NCAA women's swim meet. Well, shaving faces has become a national news story. Sometimes in politics and show business, you find yourself in a position where you are the news story. And that is where the Daily Wire finds itself right now. Because you know that uh, the God King here, Jeremy Boring, launched a razor company, Jeremy's Razors. He launched this I guess now multi-million dollar company because of a mean tweet that was sent to me. I was on Candace Owens's old show. I, Candace made some point about transgenderism, actually. I agreed with it. And then some 
a, a Twitter account with two followers that I assume is just a Democrat operative account came out and, and tagged Harry's and tried to get Harry's to cancel its sponsorship of my show. A sponsorship that began long after I appeared on the other program. Everyone knew my views on this subject. And Harry's razors came out and said, well, this is terrible. We condemn these views. It's vile. It's awful. Basically insulting our entire audience and saying that they're condemnable, <laughs> deplorable, irredeemable, bitter clinging, awful people. And so we didn't like that around here. Launch this razor company, Jeremy's Razors. Uh, you can find it at IHateHarrys.com. The razor company has completely exploded. It's now much larger than Harry's in terms of its social media footprint. We've sold about a gazillion razor subscriptions. Uh, Jeremy just appeared on Tucker. Tucker loved the idea. For years, a company called Harry's Razors advertised in the Daily Wire. Then Harry's, like Gillette and so many other companies in this country, went politically insane. Harry's announced it was cutting advertising with the Daily Wire because the Daily Wire believes in the concept of biological sex, and Harry's denounced that belief as, quote, inexcusable. So rather than complain about this, the CEO of the Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, came up with an alternative. He started his own razor company. It's called Jeremy's Razors. It's already more popular than Harry's. We haven't tried the razor, can't vouch for the razor. We can't tell you the launch ad one of the best ever made. Yeah, I mean, it's a joke, but that doesn't mean it isn't real. We've absolutely started our own razor company, and in our first 72 hours, we've sold 30,000 razor kits and razor blade subscriptions. <laughs> so great. How does, and I just love it because you're, you're not just complaining, you're providing an alternative, and I just think it's beautiful. But I'm also tired of this sort of nonprofit mentality on the right that responds to every attack with yes. the same tired sort of cycle of lose, complain, uh -huh. and beg for donations. That's just a recipe for failure. We have to be constructive. We have to be building a future. This is the key. Please do not tell Jeremy that I said anything nice about him. I will deny it if you say I was complimenting him on this show, but this is the whole key. Tucker hits on it. He alludes to it. And then Jeremy says it explicitly. Tucker says, you're not just complaining, you're offering an alternative. That's the key here. Sometimes it's important to complain, not to complain about personal slights, not to complain about you're in traffic, not to complain about the food doesn't taste good, but to complain when it's constructive, to say there's an injustice happening, to say that there is something wrong that we need to fix. That sort of complaining, that, there's an important place for that sort of criticism. Otherwise, we wouldn't know what's wrong. But that's not the end. Then you've got to build something. And conservatives have been okay at complaining and criticizing, but we haven't been great at building things. It's an uphill battle. The left controls all the power in this country. But what Jeremy was saying is, no, 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 we, we have to start building. And the re part of the reason we haven't built is this issue of the nonprofit mentality on the right. He's saying, what, what happens on the right is that we try to do something, the left beats us, then we whine and moan about it, and then people give us more money. We say, this is really, really bad. It's getting even worse. And then we tug on the heartstrings of conservative donors and they give us more money. And then we go fight another losing battle. And then we get more money. Because if we won the battle, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get all that sweet nonprofit money. If we won the battle, then it would be solved. You see this with pro-life advocacy sometimes. This is the fear with pro-life advocacy when it comes to actual politicians. Politicians, Republican politicians, make a lot of money from pro-lifers. They say, we've got to stop the radical abortionists. Give me $100 today and we're going to stop them. And then so you give them $100. Yeah, it's a very important issue. Killing almost a million babies a year in this country. But then sometimes 
those same politicians will not vote to limit abortion. They will not vote to get rid of the problem because then they're getting rid of their cash cow. You get all of these perverse incentives where the incentives for a lot of the institutional right is just to lose. And so this is what Jeremy's saying is we need to change the incentives. We need to realign the incentives so that we are incentivized to win. We, we here, we're not a nonprofit company, obviously. We're a, a pretty profitable company. And so the incentive here is to win. The incentive here is to do something. It's to win at the Supreme Court. If we hadn't won that Supreme Court battle over the OSHA vaccine mandate that we brought, we ourselves brought to the court, we would have been screwed. We would have been in a really bad situation. We, they would have fined us basically to bankrupt the company within two weeks. We would have been in a horrible position. So we had to win. The incentive there was to win. It's totally right. It's a really, really important thing. Not just, not just for the razors. It's good. I shaved with the razor today. It's, not, it's a nice razor. But also for what it, what it means. You've gotta, it's got to be a good product. It's got to actually provide value. And what it means, the threat that that is posing to woke corporations like like Disney, forget Harry's for a second, like Disney, $200 billion company that's saying, if you don't trans your kids, if you, if Florida voters don't let us trans their kids, we're going to spend a lot of our resources to force them to do it. That is a grave threat to our Republic. And we've got to fight back. And you can't just fight back at the elected level. You got to do that too, but you got to fight back in business. You got to fight back in the woke corporation. You got to fight back in every single institution that the left has conquered. Speaking of doing violence to men's faces, How's that for a transition? Will Smith has apologized for the slap heard round the world. He actually started to apologize after he won the Best Actor Award. I didn't even know that he won the Best Actor Award because no one actually watched the Oscars the other night. They just saw that clip of Will Smith getting up and smacking Chris Rock in the face for telling a joke about his wife. Uh, but d- I guess he won the Best Oscar. And then during his acceptance speech, Will Smith alluded a little bit to kind of almost start to apologize. Now, I know to do what we do, you got to be able to take abuse. You got to be able to have people talk crazy about you. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, D. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Really good advice, as is usually the case from Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is an extremely uh, smart guy. There was actually a clip of Denzel Washington he is, I forget when this was, this was a couple of years ago. Denzel was asked about some news story about him that was, it's, I forget, it was something about his politics. He's always had a reputation as being a little more conservative than the rest of Hollywood. And he just completely scorched the left-wing media. There's been a lot of buzz about this fake news. You were the subject of a fake news story. Oh yeah, what'd they say? I was running for president. No, no, no I voted. No, what'd they say? You switched your support. I switched, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you make of all of fake news and if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Uh, this is an old quote, though. Denzel's in recent years is the one who's made it quite popular. And uh, it's wrongly attributed to Mark Twain, which is funny because it, 
people who read that it's a, it's a Mark Twain quote in the newspaper are misinformed. But he's totally right. If you don't read the paper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. He gives Will Smith this good advice. At your highest moment, that's when the devil comes for you. That's totally true. The devil is just waiting. The devil, the devil's a real person, okay? Antonin Scalia made this point in an interview with New York Magazine some years ago, about 10 years ago now, in which this, this silly New York, New York Magazine reporter said, do you, be, you believe in the devil? You believe in heaven and hell? He said, I do. I even believe in the devil. Do you realize how out of touch you are with most of America? Do you realize how out of touch you are with most people throughout history? Most of whom have believed in the devil. As, uh, what is it? Baudelaire says, the greatest trick the devil plays is to convince people that he doesn't exist. So Will Smith gets that. He starts to kind of almost apologize. Now he's issued a full-on apology to Chris Rock. He says, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. I posted it on Instagram. Now it's even more embarrassing for Will Smith because a clip has just come out of Will Smith on the Arsenio Hall show some years ago in which he himself makes a joke about a guy who is bald because he's got alopecia. He has a rule. The bass player, he got a rule. He got to wax his head every morning. That's a rule. <laughs> joke. Come on. <laughs> See, you got too into the characters and got hurt. <laughs> you got to love Twitter. You got to love the internet. There is a clip. There is a tweet. There is a post for everything. In this clip from some years ago, Will Smith makes almost the exact same joke about this musician that Chris Rock made about Will Smith's wife. And then has almost the exact same reaction as Chris Rock. Chris Rock reacts after Will Smith smacks him. Chris Rock says, it's just a joke. It was a G.I. Jane joke. It wasn't that bad. And then in, in this clip on Arsenio Hall, Will Smith says, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Come on, man. I'm a comedian. I'm just an entertainer here. But of course, it wasn't about the joke. It wasn't about Chris Rock. I think that's why Chris Rock was so shocked. And frankly, why Will Smith was probably shocked with himself. I, I think that the smack heard around the world probably had a, a little bit more to do with the fact that Will Smith's wife has brutally cuckolded him and humiliated him in public for years at this point, And he feels emasculated and humiliated by that. Then it does about Chris Rock making a relatively mild joke. Something, and he's just letting out that anger and that shame that he feels on Chris Rock. And why does he feel it? The argument that Jada Smith and I guess Will Smith were making when they aired their dirty laundry on TV was, look, this isn't a big deal. Oh, we have all these cultural hangups over infidelity, but come on, that's just, that's just old fashioned. That's just irrational. It's fine. We can, you know, Jada Smith, she has a kind of encounter with this guy that she was sleeping with. She, it's a kind of, it's a, it's a minor indiscretion. It's well, but it's fine. And, we, and let's talk about this openly. There's no shame in that. But of course there is. Of course there is. And of course Will Smith is humiliated. And I feel terrible for the guy. I feel genuinely terrible for Will Smith. Because even when Chris Rock makes the joke, Will Smith started laughing. And then he looked over at Jada Smith and Jada didn't like it. And I, I tell you, I don't like to get into psychobabble much. I could read his mind. You could see the wheels turning in Will Smith's head. He thought, oh, I've already been so emasculated. I've already been so humiliated. I've already literally been cuckolded before the entire public. I'm a very famous guy, huge movie star. I've been as humiliated as you possibly can be. To be a cuckold is one of the most humiliating things that there is. In the Italian culture, 
will tell you as someone of Italian extraction. That's, it's, it's one of the worst things you can call somebody. You call them a cornuto, the sign of the cuckold. Actually, the, the rock and roll symbol, you know, where you put your hands in the air, that's an Italian symbol for the evil eye, and it's the sign of the cuckold. You're saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, it's, you don't want to be a cuckold. You want, you want your enemies to be cuckold. I mean, it's so humiliating. And he's, he's looking, he says, God, I can't do it. I can't let this happen. And then he goes up and smacks him. And then he feels bad about it. It's your highest moment. The devil's going to come and get you. This, this Will Smith incident, people are still talking about it because it kind of confuses political lines. You've got some people who are, and to, to some degree, myself included, who are sympathetic with Will Smith who like the idea that it's kind of chivalrous to get up there and defend your woman's honor. How dare you, sir? I challenge you to a duel. I demand satisfaction. I am I, sympathetic to that. I don't think people should be allowed to say whatever they want. I mean, there's, there's not even a First Amendment protection for fighting words. There's always been a carve out for fighting words, among other things. I talk about this in my book, Speechless. The founding fathers wouldn't have rolled over for a joke about a man's wife. They would have smacked him across the face. They probably would have challenged him to a duel. But on the other hand, we're talking about a comedian here. Chris Rock, the guy is paid to go and tell jokes about celebrities in the room. And not only is Will Smith a celebrity, but Jada Smith has made herself a celebrity. She's not exactly a homemaker. She's not Donna Reed, okay? She's not staying at home as a traditional stay-at-home wife. No, she's a public figure. And so she's open to that kind of public criticism for better and for worse. The problem here with Will Smith's reaction is that it wasn't this principled, totally in control, dignified response, hello, sir, I demand satisfaction. He lost his cool. He was not at all in self-control. And that was even more humiliating for him. You know who is in self-control? Donald Trump. Donald John Trump, our nation's 45th and potentially 47th president, is in such self-control that he just hit a hole-in-one while playing a round of golf. The reason this is a news story, well, it's impressive to hit a hole-in-one, but the reason it's a news story is not because Trump hit a hole-in-one. It's because of the statement that he issued. Trump issues a, a full press release, and these press releases read kind of like long tweets ever since he was kicked off Twitter. I, I want to read it in full. If you'll indulge me, I, I have to read you this statement by Trump in full. He says, Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. While playing with the legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments throughout the world, Gene Sowers, winner of the Senior U.S. Open, Ken Duke and Mike Goods, both excellent tour players, I made a hole in one. It took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole, which was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. I hit a five iron which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind with approximately five feet of cut, whereupon it bounced twice and then went, italicized, clank into the hole. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better, but on that one hole only, their swings weren't. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it, quite exciting, and people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's too good. Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won <laughs> because I'm a very modest individual. And you, uh, you will then say I was bragging. And I don't like people who brag. Watch the video here. <laughs> and then it's a video of Trump's hole-in-one. Why do I read that? One, I read it because it's incredibly funny. And I miss him so much. And I just wish he were on Twitter. And all of our lives would be at least 40% funnier 
and more filled with humor if Trump were still on Twitter. But the other reason I mention it is because this is a man in self-control. Yes, he was a billionaire playboy. Yes, he's had a colorful life. But beyond some minor indiscretions here or there, he really is a man in self-control. He doesn't drink. He barely sleeps. He's a workaholic. He shockingly keeps himself in relatively decent shape for a retired president who lives on a diet of fast food and Diet Coke. He's, he actually seems to have a lot of energy. And he doesn't let his emotions run away with him. When he's making points, even in the heat of passion, he's always controlled. You've got the nuclear maniac, uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, calling Trump an old dotard and threatening to blow up America. And what does Trump do? Does he react in an emotional way? No. He says, oh, little rocket man, I would never call him short and fat. Well, I hope he knows I've got a button and mine's bigger. Ha ha ha. He's always, he's crafting these jokes in a way that tells you it's cool. He's going to let it roll off him. He's, he's in command. The same cannot be said of Joe Biden. Joe Biden seems like a man who has no self-control at all. He's constantly contradicting himself. He's backtracking. He's walking away. He's mumbling. He's stumbling. He's getting really, really angry. And then in in one sentence, he'll get really angry and go into shouty Joe Biden. And then he'll kind of calm down and trickle off. It's the total opposite. Very often, presidents are followed by their opposite. And with Trump, you have a guy who's very in command, very boisterous, very uh, funny, And he's followed by this guy, Biden, who's kind of nothing, who just blows around in the wind. He has no idea what he believes. And and that's why he'll contradict himself and walk back his policies again and again. Peter Ducey, one of the few conservatives in the White House press pool, just asked Joe Biden about his recent contradictions, especially the contradictions on Ukraine, on the policy toward Russia, and on potentially what could throw us into World War III. And Joe Biden says, I never said that. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are gonna to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like you told US troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the US would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. None of the three occurred. You didn't hear that. You're making that up, Peter Ducey. That's not real. I never said U.S. troops would go see Ukraine. I never called for regime change in Russia. I didn't do any of the roll the tape. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing stand in the middle of front of a damn tank. It's just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And to clarify on chemical weapons, could if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. It would trigger a response in kind, which means in the same way, which means a chemical attack. Not only did Joe Biden say all of those things, that U.S. troops were going to Ukraine, calling for regime change and ousting Vladimir Putin, and threatening to use a chemical weapons attack if Russia used one first. Not only did he say all of those things, 
but he apparently forgot he said all of those things, which is believable because the guy doesn't know what end is up most of the time, but I, probably more likely is he was just lying and forgetting that we have the video and then saying, okay, fine. Yeah, you got the video. You heard these things. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe your lying ears. This is the dishonesty of our ruling class. This is the corruption of our ruling class. I don't think that the American people broadly are particularly radical. I don't think the American people are particularly corrupt. I don't think the American people are particularly vicious. Quite the opposite, actually. I think the American people are pretty virtuous, generally, pretty interested in honesty, pretty reasonable. You see this on the don't trans the kids bill, right? The don't trans the kids bill in Florida that the ruling class, most Americans support that. Most Americans support securing our border. Most Americans support a, a sensible energy policy. It's just a huge gap between what the Americans, a lot of, mostly Republicans, but a lot of Democrats, a lot of independents, a lot of moderates too, what they want, which is normal, ordinary, good stuff. And what our psychotic ruling class wants at this point. Okay. That is the battle. Can we wrest power back from the small group of lunatics who are ruling us? The next six months, 12 months, looking into 2022, looking into 2024, that is what's going to tell us. Do we have the self-control? Do we have the poise? Do we have the confidence and clarity of vision to take our country back? Or has the left already won? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire, where we bring you all the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. Join me and my co-host, Georgia Howe, for daily coverage of all the biggest stories on Morning Wire. Morning Wire. 